Hi, my name is Sue S. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater, accident by the power greater than my me, than me, certainly by not by not by the power of Sue. Um, to get the statistics out of the way, I came back from relapse in November of 2010. It took me till January of 2014 to get abstinent again, and um, I'm down. I came in at 340 pounds. I'm down to 250, and I'm still working on it. I am a work in progress. Um, So I still have more to go, so I certainly um, qualify as a 100-pounder. I don't like to go too much into the what it was like, um, other than to say that I have come to realize that my parents did the best they could with what they had. And that um, I don't blame them. I used to blame them. I don't blame them anymore. Um, And um, life in my household was a little um, turbulent. My parents were very angry with each other. I was very sensitive to that anger. And I used to pray to the God of my childhood. And all I wanted him to do was bring peace to my household. Um, and he didn't do that, and so I became angry at God. So when I came into program and they told me that I had to find a God that was loving and kind, I was like, that's not the God I know, and I was very angry at God. Um, I originally came into the rooms in the late 1990s from another program. I came in from the um, liquid program, and I was told that I was an alcoholic. I never felt that I was an alcoholic. Uh, but it's easy for me to switch ships on the Titanic, switch seats on the Titanic, so I avoid alcohol because it's just too tempting, and I drink the way I eat. I do everything to extremes. I grew up feeling like I wasn't good enough, like I didn't get the instructions twice, and I used food to make me feel better. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid. I was a loner. Um, I had a fight with a girl down the block from me, and I still don't know what it was about. But once she she and I had this fight over whatever it was, um, I found it hard to make friends again. I got through childhood. I went from a size. I was fairly thin when I was younger. Um, I just remember going from a size 14 girl to a size 18 woman and don't remember being in any size in between. Um, I just remember blossoming when I hit puberty. And my mother started to worry about it. And so I started around the age of 10 or 11 to diet. Um, and my mother would make special meals for me uh, when I was on a diet. And I liked the attention, but I didn't like being on a diet. So I'd last for about a week. And then I'd find some mysterious um, illness. And I blame the diet, and I go back to eating the way I was eating before. And as soon as I went back to eating the way I was before, I felt better. Um, as I said, I wasn't a very good dieter. Um, but as I got older, I did the diets of the fads of the day. Um, and my mother was a diet. My mother was overweight also. I think she was a compulsive overeater, although I don't want to call anybody a compulsive overeater. It's not for me to say. 
Um, but my mother had it hard because she worked nights. She worked from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. most of the time that I was growing up. So she would eat when she could. Um, and so we went on the grapefruit and spinach diet. We went on a grapefruit and egg diet. Um, we did AIDS candy. Somebody reminded me of AIDS candy in the rooms. Um, we went to a gym and the machines were supposed to roll the fat off of you. And we did that for a while. And, um, you know, but besides being my diet buddy, my mother was my eating buddy because when we went shopping, I knew where we were going to go and what food we were going to have at the end of the shopping visit. Um, so that was the way I grew up, you know, eventually eating something um, and then dieting. Um, when I got out of nursing school, I was a nurse. Um, when I got out of nursing school, I decided I was going to join the Air Force, but I couldn't um, pass the physical. So I uh, decided to go on a very strict diet, and I gave away, gave up all my junk food, and started. I joined the YMCA, and I went swimming five nights a week, and I did get very thin. And although I didn't have um, very um, healthy relationships with men, um, I met this man when I got thin, and he said he loved me, and um, <coughs> I met him in February, and we got married in August. Um, and um, he said he said he loved me almost from the beginning, and I found that very hard to believe. Um, and um, but I knew a good thing when I saw it because unlike the other men that I knew, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, and I knew he wouldn't cheat on me. Um, so I married a very stable man, and we've managed to maintain that marriage now for 40-some-odd years. So, um, and um, he's put up with me for all these years. But, um, so we got married, and I got pregnant almost right away, and we had two kids and a house in the suburbs, and I still, I thought I had everything I wanted in life. I had a career, I had two kids, I had, and I still couldn't figure out why I wasn't happy. And at, by that point, I decided I would try to diet, doctor's do, prescribed diet. We, you know, you know, I tried the, um, what is it? The, um, not the NutraFast, the um, SlimFast. Um, I had tried SlimFast and um, I had tried the Pay and Way and, um, I went to a doctor's prescribed diet, which was pretty close to the slim fast diet. And um, I'd lose a little weight and then I'd go off it. Um, but even on the doctor's diet, prescribed diet, I would follow his diet and I really wasn't losing much weight. Um, so I finally decided if you didn't like the fact that I was fat, it was your problem, it wasn't mine. And I just kept eating. Um, I became very involved in my children's activities because I felt that if I got involved with their activities, that people would, you know, like me better and would accept me better because I didn't accept myself. So why would anybody accept me? Uh, and, um, you know, they started growing up and then eventually they started talking, I was started to develop, develop stomach issues where I was having these weird abdominal pains and problems with my stomach. And they finally told me that I needed to make lifestyle changes. And I wouldn't go to a psychiatrist because I knew a psychiatrist would only prescribe 
medication, but I agreed that I would go to a therapist. And um, my therapist finally said, so you need to have an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety med. So I got my, my primary care doctor to write them, my internist, um, who I knew for years. And um, I just got more depressed. And then in January, it was January 6th, 1991, I sat down with the bottle of Xanax he had given me and the bottle of vodka, and um, I started to take the Xanax with a sip of the vodka. And then I tried it again and again. And eventually the therapist I was seeing at the time actually called me that night to see how I was doing. And all I remember is him calling, told me to hold on while he dialed 911 from the other line. And I wound up in the emergency room where they pumped my stomach and um, then they admitted me to the psych ward. Um, so for the next six months, from January until June, I was in and out of the psych ward because I couldn't get my head on straight, pretty much. Um, and after the third or fourth admission, the nurse finally said to me, you know, Sue, every time you come in here, you've been drinking alcohol. And we have this program downstairs. And um, I went there and I... And so the psychiatrist agreed and gave me a pass to go down to this meeting on Saturday morning. And I was mad because I saw the dollars on the table and I had breakfast. And I couldn't get the breakfast because I didn't have a dollar. Or at least that's what I thought. Um, so I heard that about what everybody lost by their drinking. I went upstairs and told them they were wrong. Um, that wasn't my problem. First of all, I had no problem giving up the alcohol. And secondly, um, I didn't lose anything. So they told me I didn't lose anything. That was a get. And um, that eventually I would find it harder and harder to give up the alcohol. So um, they didn't, my psychiatrist didn't quite know what to do with me. So I wound up in a dual diagnosis alcohol and psychiatric rehab in upstate New York. It was very famous. And um, I spent the rest of the summer there. Um, when I got out, I did what they told me to do. I started going to meetings, and I used to make five and six meetings a week. But I never quite felt like, felt like I fit in there, even though everybody told me, ah, everybody fits in here, and I didn't. I didn't feel like I fit in. But after doing that for seven years, I started to hear about Overeaters Anonymous. So I talked to my therapist, and I said, maybe this is what I need. Maybe this would help, because I tried the pay and weigh one more time, and then started to cheat on my diet. Um, so she said maybe that would help, um, but she didn't know too much about Overeaters Anonymous um, because she told me to be careful because some of those people were a little nuts when it came to the food plans. So I called. I found out where there was going to be a meeting that night, and when I got there, there was only two other people there, and nobody had the key to the church. Um, so this one man that was there said he didn't really need a meeting, so he left. And the woman who was there knew that I needed a meeting. So she went. we went someplace else where there was supposed to be a meeting. And there was also nobody there either, but um, she knew where this stuff was for a beginner's meeting. And I at least knew enough about meetings to know it only takes two to make a meeting. So the two of us together sat down and had a newcomer's meeting. And from the moment she start, we started doing the readings, I knew that I was home, that this is where I belonged. Um, so she told me to come back the next night, and she promised me that there would be a lot of people there the next night, and she was right. The next night, there had to be 40 or 50 people in the room, and um, 
I don't even remember how, but I got hooked up with people that were closer to my neighborhood. And um, we started to go to meetings together. I started to go with the same group of people. We went to meetings five and six nights a week. I learned on Saturday, we used to go out for lunch. I learned how to eat out in um, a restaurant and still stay abstinent. And it was great. Um, I started to lose weight. Um, I lost 100 pounds in like, I think I lost 100 pounds in a year that time because I was still fairly young. And um, I started to go out speaking. I did service. Um, I went to intergroup meetings, and it was great. Um, I was having a ball. And I had friends like I had never had friends before, and I felt good about myself, which was the most important thing. Um, and I used to give away my food, and you know, I did everything they told me to do. And that lasted for about four years, and then um, I got tired of doing all the work. So I stopped doing some of the work. And um, <coughs> sorry. Um, I stopped giving away my food, um, and then I stopped going to so many meetings, and I stopped doing so much service, and eventually I found myself outside the rooms, and I rationalized to myself that, you know, I had a fellowship, I had friends, and I had a food plan. I just continued to follow my food plan and um, continue to socialize with my friends. What else did I need? Um, but eventually I started to eat some of those foods that I hadn't eaten in a long time. And um, eventually the friends just kind of dissolved into nothing. And so within seven years, I was back to regaining not just the 100 pounds I had lost, but 60 pounds on top of that. Um, the friends had all gone away. I was basically homebound. Um, I was working from home. And um, I would get up and go to work. I'd log on to my computer at 8.30 in the morning. I'd work until 8.30 at night. My husband worked evenings, so I didn't have to worry about making dinner for him. So I would just go out to a fast food restaurant, have rest, have have dinner, come home, go to bed, and do the same thing the next morning. Um, it was no life at all. Uh, and I was back to just being um, depressed. and. Then my boss told me that um, he had to give me more work to do. And that's when I broke down in tears on the telephone with my, with my boss and told her I can't do any more work. I can't do the work that you're giving me now, and I cannot take on any more work. And I broke down in tears, hung up the phone from her. Called Five my psychiatrist. Thanks. Called the psychiatrist and told him that I had to go out on disability. So I went out on a psychiatric disability. I went to a psychiatric day treatment center um, for a while, and I eventually crawled back into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And I felt full of shame. And when I got there, I didn't find one person that shamed me. There were still people that knew me from when I left seven years before, and they welcomed me back with open arms. Uh, they were so glad to see me back. They didn't care about the fact that I had gained so much weight and what I had done to myself. Um, they just wanted me to get better again. So the second time around, I got another sponsor. Um, and this time I worked all 12 steps. 
because you see, you really, if you're in a 12 step program, it really does work better if you work all 12 steps. Um, and I hesitated on the fourth step. And finally, what she told me is to just put a deadline date on it. And I did that. And um, I finished working all 12 steps and found a power greater than myself that I could live with. Um, and listen to that innermost voice in the center of my soul that I had been trying so long to fill with so many different other different things. Uh, until today, I have a life beyond my imag- beyond my imagination. Um, are all my problems gone? Well, no, my problems aren't all gone. It's just that I've learned to live one day at a time. Um, I can get through this day only. Um, and um, I can, um, I have intuitive thoughts that tell me what's the right thing to do. And somehow, some way, things always seem to work out. I don't know how. They just do. And it's a very different way of living. I've been through bad experiences in sobriety, in being abstinent, and I've gotten through without having to pick up the food. Um, I've been through happy times. And one day at a time, I've done the best that I can with my food, and I've got a program of recovery. And I have still have that same sponsor. I have sponsees. Um, and um, I practice this program of recovery. And I always say that I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater because the life it has given me, it gave me back the gift of myself. Um, And it makes me feel all those feelings that I had as a small child that I lived with for so long of not being worthy, of not being good enough. Today, I know that I have a voice. Today, that I I know that what people is important and that I do. You know, not just here at my job, at anything I do, that it's okay for me to speak up. And I just have to say it. Um, and um, I have the promises, you know, the ninth step promises have come true. Um, I don't have all the money in the world, but I don't worry about it. Somehow the bills seem to get paid every month. And um, sometimes it's a little tight but I've always managed. And one day at a time, um, I've had illness, you know. I've had both my knees replaced. I'm getting older. And um, I just really have have learned to live in this day only. And it is such a gift. Um, I've learned that I don't have to control the whole world. I used to think that I had to control my children and my husband. And um, I've learned that I can let them be the people that they are supposed to be. And they're much happier that I do that. And I'm much happier because I really don't have to worry about what they're doing. And, um, and I have found a higher power. And that's the biggest gift of all. Um, so I think my time is just about up. My name is Sue S. My phone number is 516721. Zero eight one six. Again, that's five one six seven two one zero eight one six. You can call, text, or WhatsApp me, and um, 
Um, and I guess that's it. Thank you for letting me share.